to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, Parables and Object Lessons, you'll learn how and why Jesus used the physical world to introduce the spiritual world to his disciples and how the laws of nature relate to the Bible. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello everyone, my name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. And welcome again to Freedom to Choose and our series Parables and Object Lessons. And this is... For anybody keeping score, this is Parables and Object Lessons program number eight. Mm-hmm. And as we as we get going into this, uh, I'm going to ask my wife Susan to pray, if she would, please. Okay, Father in heaven, thank you for uh, the privilege we have to open up your Word and to discuss the the principles of life and how you've set things up and how your greatest desire is to set our hearts right. Uh, may we all be um, willing co-workers with you and um, not only for ourselves, but for those that we come in contact with. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, last time we looked at the parable, first the blade, then the ear, and we talked about, you know, um, spiritual growth and the, and the germination of the seed inside that we don't really know how it happens. We just know that if we do our part and, uh, one thing that we didn't talk much about, but I, I kind of wanted to, to start this program off because we didn't talk about it last time, was the preparing of the soil, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you, there is work to do. Remember Jesus went around and he was preparing soil. Mm-hmm. What do you know? What He goes to the blind man, what is it you want? Right. You know, and the blind man says, I want to see. He's okay. Right. You know, so he helps him there first. Mm-hmm. He's preparing the soil. Mm-hmm. That guy, now he can see, so now he can follow Jesus. Right. You know, and so sometimes we need to lend a helping hand, give someone what they need so that they can see a little bit of Jesus in us. Right. Have a personal ministry for them. Prepare that soil. Mm -hmm. Then when the seed is planted, it has a potential to germinate. And then, of course, we saw first the blade, then the ear that... uh, that we we see how that it's a it's a parallel to the, to you know the Christian life the growth of the plant parallels the growth of a Christian life which ultimately bears the fruit mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it's and then of course we read that fruits of the spirit you mm-hmm. know that's the fruit that gets born we don't know how it happens it comes from inside from a germination of a seed mm-hmm. you know a rebirth if you will Nicodemus you need mm-hmm. to be born again rebirth begins the growth. And it's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle. Mm-hmm. But we do have a part to play. Mm-hmm. There was uh, well, a... I think that's the that's the the amazing thing of it all that Jesus chooses, you know, simple people like us in order to participate in this grand um, plan of salvation and for the for the healing of people's hearts and yeah. souls and minds and and helping people to. Um, see hope when there is no hope. Yeah. You know, that is, I think, I think that's what Jesus did. I think he went around and I think that he, he knew kind of what was going on in people's heads because of where they were at. 
and yet he was able to um, just really minister to their hearts and their minds that that drew them into him. He was the savior. Yeah, you know, he and, had that salve, that and, yeah, that healing, that healing. Benefit. Yeah, right. and as they followed him, and as they felt themselves get well, and as they stepped out in faith and began to grow, their faith got stronger mm-hmm. because faith is, or trust in Jesus is, faith is hope with a track record. Right. Right? The more you step out in faith, the more, the better track record you get, mm-hmm. better track record Jesus gets, and right. the stronger the faith becomes. And I, and I think it was that trust that yeah. was, that he showed that no matter what, he could be trusted. Yeah. And I think that's what's lacking in the world today. I think that's, you know, why marriages break up. I think that, um, you know, we, we're a society that is very untrustworthy of mm-hmm. others as yeah. well as ourselves. And so you've lost that that innocence kind yeah. of, I think. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about the wheat and the tares today. And this Right. Um, so it's going to be the it's a chapter Matthew 13, 24. Yeah. Okay. You want me to read it? Yeah. Okay. Another parable he put forth, saying unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sows good seed in his field. But while men, but while the man slept, his enemy came and he sowed tares among the wheat, and then and went his way. But when the blade sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. Okay, and the field, Christ said, is this world. The parable is a description of those things that pertain to the kingdom of God and Christ's work for the salvation of men. You know, the Holy Spirit has gone out into all the world, everywhere, and it's moving on the hearts of men. Right. Yes, and he that sows the good seed is the Son of Man, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The good seed represents those who are born of the Word of God, the truth. Okay, so... So once again, we have a parable with very similar parts and pieces, mm-hmm. but they're representing something different now. Just an, an explanation of another part of the story. Yeah, yeah. So the tares are going to represent those who are the fruit or the personification, if you will, of false principles. Mm-hmm. Okay. The enemy that sold them, of course, is the devil. Uh, I know God nor his angels, they don't sow seeds that produce tares. Right. The tares are always sown by Satan. He's the enemy. He's the enemy of God and man. Right. And in the East, sometimes men, um, you know, during this time, they would take revenge on an enemy by scattering a newly planted field with some harmful weed. That while it grew close, it grew, it, it resembled the wheat, popping up with the wheat, and it injured the crop and brought forth, you know, trouble and loss to the owner of the field. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and the same holds true with Satan. It's, you know, it's his hatred for Jesus that motivates him to scatter his evil seed among the good grain of the kingdom by bringing into the church those that bear Christ's name while they deny his character. Satan causes God to be dishonored. The work of salvation is misrepresented, and souls are really actually put at risk. You know, we... we like to buy our, we have a little donkey farm, I and mean, we've probably talked about it before, we like to buy our, our hay in bulk, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the guy brings it out, and uh, it's a f- funny truck, but all he does is the bed tilts up. And it's it, like a squeeze, it's right? It's like a giant squeeze, but mm-hmm. the whole bed tilts up, and then that stack 
he sta- it's just one thing, and then he like, drives away. Boom. Like 50 bales? Yeah, for, uh, yeah, something like that. 40 bales, 50 mm-hmm. bales. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But we noticed the last time that the bottom bales, had they, they had like really fine grass coming out of them, which was totally different than the, the rye grass. Right. And, uh, and it, it was basically just weeds. It was weeds. Some right. weeds had got into the hay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's typical. It's normal. It happens. It's not a big deal. But we got like really finicky donkeys. They're spoiled. Why, why are they spoiled? Because I think you feed them too much. Because I feed them yeah. too much? Okay, we'll, we'll correct that at a later <laughs> date because I feed them too much. But anyway, so we get these, we get these uh, hay bales that got these weeds in them and the donkeys don't like them. So then we take them over to our our potbelly pig because potbelly pigs like to make nests. So Elvis loves this this hay and I don't know how he does it, but he gets it all fluffed up and then he crawls underneath that pile of hay and he's here's 200 pound pig, but it's he's covered with hay. I don't know how he gets it on the top of his back. It's amazing. Right. Well, I think that you know when I I try to go ahead and feed them a flake of it and they eat all the good out of it and then they leave behind the bad. The bad. And so you can just take that bad and rake it up into a big pile. And he's he just he's in happy there. as a pig, yeah. right? He gets up underneath there and somehow gets that hay on him. And he, he burrows so it, in there. Yeah, at least he? it doesn't go to waste. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us feel it's our duty to cleanse the church, right? To get those weeds out. Yeah. And the Bible says, Nay, lest we gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. Yeah, that's um, okay. Yeah, that Matthew 13, 29. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I, it's hard because you're trying to do what's right, but sometimes I think we lose focus. I, we've been in churches where they didn't want to have AA meetings because some of the people that are trying to stop drinking smoke and people didn't want to, you know, or NA meetings. And, you know, in my mind, we're trying to keep a needle out of their arm. Let's do what we can. And, and, and you know, we I think we get our crosshairs on sometimes the wrong stuff. Right. And we can always go back to our own experience. When we first came to a first church, we we were extremely out of place. And, and um, you know, our dress was... I'll Suspect never, at best. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I'm not. I won't say it. I got. I got a, an eye roll here. Yeah. So I won't. I won't bring it up. But you know, you go and you, um, you know, like Rich said, um, sometimes people are coming to church and and they're doing the very best that they can, and then they they come upon, um, you know, a congregation that will be judgmental of of what they wear or how they talk. And I, I just don't, it's not really our place to, to be judging people. And it's very hurtful because it can turn people away. Yeah, I mean, you know, even though Jesus teaches that, that those who persist in open sin could be a danger to the church, he hasn't committed the work of judging character and motive to us. See, and that's sometimes I think where we go. He knows our nature way too well to trust us to do that work. Um he knows that if we were to try to uproot those whom we think were counterfeits, we would blow it. We would make mistakes. Right, because if, you know, if truth be told, if we were in charge, the only one that would be good enough to be in heaven would be us. That's, yeah. You no, know, but every, there would always be something wrong with somebody else. You yeah. know, we, a lot of times we judge ourselves that, that's better. That's human nature, yeah. Right. And we can be, um, it could be that the very ones who Jesus is trying, to, is drawing to himself, we may regard as hopeless cases. 
If we were to deal with these souls according to our imperfect judgment, it might possibly extinguish their last hope. Yeah, you know, and we've heard it said before, man judges from appearance, but God judges the heart. So that's why the tares and the wheat are to grow together until the harvest. What what a wonderful lesson of uh, mercy and tender love as the, as the tares have their roots closely intertwined with those of the good grain, so false brethren, brethren in the church may be closely linked with true disciples. If the false Christians were to be separated from the church, sometimes those that are, those that are close might also stumble. Yeah, those that are close to them, you know, that like the, that are tight to them, they might stumble, as you say, yeah. Um, I mean, this could be why God didn't destroy Satan, you know. Had he done so, the holy angels may have been confused. Remember, Satan deceived one-third of the most brilliant beings ever ever created, right in the very presence of God. That's right, because they were all one big happy family. They were all neighbors and friends. What would have happened if God would have just zapped Satan just because Satan had a different way of doing things that had never been tried before? A doubt of God's goodness would have remained like an evil seed, so Satan was spared to fully and to allow him to fully develop his character. Yeah, and I think it goes farther even than that to fully reveal what happens when a whole planet is run on selfish principles, just like the parable illustrates. We're all intertwined, good seed and bad seed. Remember that Jesus said to the what, you remember what he said to the religious leaders of the day, to the pastors of the day, "You are of your father the devil." In other words, you're operating your life under the wrong principles. Your motives are selfish. Mm-hmm. You know, and selfish people are high maintenance. Right. They're, um, I mean, I once again, I mean, I, I do go back to, uh, I mean, like this morning, the donkeys were screaming. They're high maintenance, right? 5.30 in the morning? Yes. Why were they screaming? Because they wanted breakfast. They wanted to get fed, and they want the right food, right? And they want it now. Yeah, and, and it's some kinds can become annoying and irritating. But let's let's place this in a in a in a in another context. I've I've heard people not speak nicely of someone that gave the sermon because they didn't get fed right. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. church is not about being fed. Right. It's about what can we do for other people. Right. You know, and it does become annoying when someone is doing the very best they can presenting something that. that, that God's w- put on their heart. Yeah, or, yeah. Right. And, and maybe, maybe it's not exactly the way uh, our line of thinking, but it depends on the lens that we're we're looking through, you know? And I think then, then, then we all have that, you know, we need to exercise our power of choice and choose to be on the right side and to, you know, to find out what the blessing is and to try to be a blessing to those that are around instead of somebody who's always trying to drag it down. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can get into that um, sometimes, that um, mode of, you know, being negative. I think we all can kind of struggle with that depending upon how we're feeling physically and how we're doing emotionally and mentally and and the stress that we're under. And I think that's part of the maturity is to be able to, you know, with God's power to right us, Mm -hmm. to bring us back to rightness, and then to give us the power to, um, you know, to, to do the right thing. Right, right. I mean, because think about how long God has been watching the work of evil. I mean, even he's given the, you know, the gift of Calvary rather than leave anybody to be deceived by the misrepresentations of the devil. 
because as the, as the parable states, the tares can't be plucked up without danger of uprooting the precious grain. So we don't, um, you know, I mean, we need to be merciful towards our fellow men, just as the Lord of heaven is merciful, even as he was merciful to Satan, because it can't be mercy for me and justice for everybody else. It's mm-hmm. either mercy for me and mercy for everyone else or justice for me and justice for everyone else. Mm-hmm. It can't be mercy for me and justice for everyone right, else. Right, because all of us are erring. And so just just because um, we can't doubt the truth of Christianity because there's supposedly right. unworthy members in our church, right. nor should Christians become disheartened because there are those that misrepresent God in the church. How was it in the early church? You know, you remember Ananias and Sapphira they joined themselves to the disciples. Simon Magnus, Magus was baptized. Demas, who forsook Paul, had been counted a believer. Judas Iscariot was numbered with the apostles. So we can never judge. You know, it's not. It's just not our job. Right, right. Yeah, he doesn't want us to lose one soul. He doesn't want to lose one soul, does he? Um, and I. It's probably why the experience with Judas is recorded to show God's patience with you know, our human nature. And uh, he asks us to bear it the same way as he did. Absolutely, because Jesus told us there's going to be false brethren in the church until the close of time. And one of the sad realities in human history is that men, very well-intentioned men, um, have ignored Christ's warning and have sought to uproot those tares. Yeah, to, to actually punish those who were judged by the church to be evildoers. You know, it's, it's in recorded history that those who differed from established doctrines of certain churches have been imprisoned, tortured, put to death, all at the instigation of men who claim to be acting under the sanction of Christ. We've seen it happen. It's in recorded history. And and, 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 and God, we see it today. And, we can see it in our own churches. Yeah. But it's the spirit of Satan. Yeah, God doesn't work that way. Right. It's not the spirit of Christ that inspires those kinds of acts. This is the way Satan's method is of bringing the world under his control. God has been misrepresented through the church by this way of dealing with those who are supposed to be or who are labeled heretics. Right. Now, Jesus, he teaches something different. He teaches humility, distrust of self, not judgment and condemnation of others. Not all that's sown in the field is good grain. The fact that people are in the church doesn't make them Christians. Right. The tares, they resemble the wheat. While the blades are green, but when the field was white for harvest, the worthless seeds didn't even look like the wheat. The wheat actually droops under the weight of its full ripe heads while the tares produce nothing and they don't even look like the wheat. Right. You know, at the harvest of the world, there'll be no likeness, no, won't be a comparison between the good and the evil. Then those who have joined the church but haven't joined Christ, will be exposed, won't they? Mm -hmm. You know, the tares are permitted to grow among the wheat, to have all the advantages that true believers have. But at the time of harvest, God shall return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between he that serves God and he that serves him not, Malachi 3.18. It's character that decides destiny, isn't it? Jesus doesn't point forward to a time when all the tares become wheat. The wheat and tares grow together until the harvest at the end of the world. Then the tares are bound in bundles and wheat is gathered into the garner of God. I think I, if, it, if it wasn't so for human nature being um, so 
I don't want to say so coercive all the time or in such attack mode of, you know, I, I find it in me. I, I, I find it. I'm looking for the bad, not the good. Mm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. By by nature, that's mm-hmm. what I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I've got I've got this this guy in my head that's constantly looking for that which is wrong, not praising that which is right. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if anybody else is that way, but for me, this this parable really um, really kind of hits home with me that uh, I need to let people be people. Well, and I think. I think at the root of it, which is maybe, maybe I'm wrong, I'm not sure, but it seems like the root of that is in some way self-preservation. And, and, and you know, the thing is, is that in and of ourselves, we can't even I don't breathe. think we know how weak we are or, you know, what, uh, how much we're dependent upon God. I don't think we realize that. But um, for me... That's I think that's one of my big weaknesses, and I don't know. You know, it's, it's pride makes you want to pick out the problems or the the issues with other people. Pride wants you to make you know have you pick that out so that you feel better about yourself. You mm-hmm. know, if I can push everybody else down, mm-hmm. then I can feel better about myself. And I think that's why Jesus came and gave his example. He was willing to come at the lowest level of of humanity and to stay there his whole life. Yeah. And yeah, to, yeah. To me, see, he would have been a terror, right? You know what I mean? He didn't have, he, he just, he didn't even have a place to live, right? See, that's the thing. I think that I think we're going to be very surprised mm-hmm. at those people that are regarded high or, uh, you know, first in the kingdom of God. First, I think we're be, first, we'll be surprised if we're there. Oh, well, yeah, no. very surprised. <laughs> but no. really, I, I think you know, I think we have it at 180 degrees off, right? You know, what's great in heaven is not great in this world. Right. Right. And um, and I think that's the first part of the battle that we need to understand is, you know, my perspective is, is way off. Because I think that's the message that the religious, um, religious community back in Jesus's time totally missed. Yeah. They missed that he brought, that he was the kingdom of God. Yeah. The kingdom of God is a ministering, healing kingdom. Right. It's not a get- and keep and and promote self. It's yeah. all about giving and humbling oneself. Yeah, yeah, which is you, contrary to our nature. Yeah, you want to be elevated in the kingdom, serve somebody, right, right, mm-hmm. and it's totally contrary to our nature. And from the outside, it doesn't look very appealing. When you know, w- what do we call people in Hollywood? Stars, right? right. What, what is the what is this? What is synonymous for stars in the Bible? Is angels? But right. see. So we put people, we elevate people kind of backwards. Right. You know? Right. And, and we uh, call humble people, you know, plain uh, or peasants. whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's what he, Jesus had a bunch of humble people following him. Mm-hmm. You know, the blind, mm-hmm. the deaf, mm-hmm. and all these people that were basically social outcasts. It was the people who needed the physician. Yeah. They needed to realize they were sick they and re- needed the Savior. Right. And so that's who he attracted, you know, mm-hmm. and I think we need to remember that because uh, we start to get ahead of steam in our Christian walk and think we're a little better than somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's easy to turn into a terror real quick. We always need to recognize our need. Yeah. Yeah. For he that thinks he stand, take heed lest he fall, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did what did uh, Paul say from, you know, uh, 
I am chief of sinners. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Paul knew where he stood. Paul had a memory of all the stunts he pulled, and I've got one of mine. So I think, you know, when I get my crosshairs on somebody else, I need to, I need to really reel it back in mm. and think mm-hmm. of, you know, wait a minute. Mercy I'm for not, me, mercy for everyone else. Right. Or justice for me and justice for everyone right. else, right? Right. Folks, we have a couple of resources. Could it be this simple? The Way Out of Your Prison uh, is one of them that's, that, that I'm excited about. You can uh, call us or, or send us a, drop us a line, www.justasiamministries.com, or give us a call, 916-645-1297, and Susan will get a book out to you. Um, and... We're about ready to wrap it up here, so just in closing, I want you to all, as we usually close, remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg, past addicts, are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 